This is Cruise Radio. Now more than ever, you should consider trip insurance for any kind of trip you take, not just cruises. Get a free quote at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. A review of Oasis of the Seas today from the New York City metro area. Gosh, I'm I'm old enough to remember when that ship was the world largest cruise ship back in uh, what was it 2009 yeah boy have times changed well i guess not a lot because their uh the ships aren't that much larger than oasis but she definitely set the precedence there so we'll check in with mark here cruise news we have it all for you at cruise radio news it's the feed opposite of this one or at the cruise radio youtube channel aka no cruise news this week on this show we're gonna jump right to mark Mark and the family just returned from a seven-night cruise on Royal Caribbean's Oasis of the Seas. It was a cruise down to the Bahamas and a brief stop in Florida from the New York City metro area, Bayonne, New Jersey. Mark joins us on the line. Hey, Mark. Hello. Good to talk to you again. You were on the show years ago, right? Uh, yeah, it was, uh, I think, 2016. I think I talked to you when I was on the uh, Vista, Carnival Vista, out of New York for their inaugural uh, U.S. run. Yeah, back when she was brand new. Yeah, very, very cool yep. there. All right, so let's talk about this Oasis of the Seas cruise. Of course, you're out there in Nevada. That was a long way to fly to get up to the sea uh, Oasis there. So give me some pre-cruise thoughts. What made you want to take this seven-night cruise living in Nevada, going out of the New York City metro area? So actually, as I'm sure everybody's aware, <laughs> uh, I, you know, I planned this years ago uh, with the pandemic. It obviously you know, put a damper on the plans. Uh, but our original plan was to cruise out of New York because we have some uh, friends and family live out there. We enjoy the city. So saw so the Oasis of the Seas was going to be uh, based out there. So we thought that was a great opportunity for us to try Royal Caribbean for the first time. You know, as you mentioned, been on the Vista before uh, with Carnival. Want to try something, you know, nice and shiny and refurbished on the uh, Royal Caribbean side for our first uh, venture. And thought that'd be a perfect match for what we're looking for. Very so cool. We decided to do. Yeah, you made your way clear across the country. Now, let's talk about embarkation. Well, first off, did you do any pre-cruise time in the New York area before you're sailing? Uh, yeah, we did. We did uh, three days in New York City. We actually stayed in Jersey City. Right, right across the uh, city, a good tip is the uh, Hyatt Regency on the Hudson in Jersey City is right next to the pass station. It's about four minutes to the World Trade Center, and it was about a fraction, I mean, maybe 40, 50, 60 percent cheaper than the city. So it was a great place to stay. We did two days in the city uh, with COVID. It was you know, interesting, but the crowds weren't there, but everything was open, so it was really quite nice. Uh, we felt pretty safe with all the restrictions and safety measures in place in the city, and then we saw some friends as well in, in New Jersey. So, Yeah, the Hyatt's the one that actually has that nice pier along the Hudson, right? Like you can walk out there a little bit? Oh, the view is spectacular. Yeah. I mean, you walk out, you're right in the middle of the river, you mm-hmm. see the ships sailing by, the boat, the harbor, Statue of Liberty, and downtown Manhattan. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah, if you're ever actually sailing out of, uh, like you were on Vista, it's a good you know, good thing for listeners who, who are maybe sailing out of New York and want to catch a sail away pre or post cruise or watch your ship go in or out um, right there at the high. It's an excellent place to stay. Been there many a times. So let's talk about embarkation. Of course, uh, things are a little bit different now embarking a ship than when they were when you cruised last time. How was embarkation for you? boarding Oasis of the Seas? It was interesting. So we have, uh, in our party, we had four people, myself, my wife, and my oldest daughter's 14. So we're all vaccinated. All we had to do was the pre-testing uh, a couple days before. We did that through the e-med kits that everybody keeps talking about online. That was a piece of cake. Walked to the, you got to the pier. They checked all the results, our vaccine cards, our records. Very easy. The difference this time, obviously, was we also had a six-year-old with us. So that meant we had to be pulled aside and tested separately with her. Um, and that was, you know, 
despite all the, the, the hassles of getting her tested as well, it really wasn't bad. They were really good. They were really fast, efficient. We uh, were pulled aside. They tested her, and we waited about 45 minutes for our results. They okay. came in. Everything was negative, and we got on the ship just as usual, and it really felt wonderful getting back on board. This is your first time sailing Royal Caribbean. What were your first uh, impressions walking on the ship? Because this, at one time, was the largest cruise ship in the world. Oh, it was stunning. I mean, the reason, again, a big reason we booked this trip was because of the Oasis of the Seas. Really wanted to try kind of the best that Royal has to offer. You know, the Oasis was definitely that choice. You know, spent two years with the pandemic, you know, looking through videos and YouTube and just really getting that hype going for this cruise. Walking on board was everything I expected. It was hard to explain. I'm, I, you know, walking on that ship, they're just, they're massive. And it's just, it takes your breath away. And I think part of it also was being gone for two years. And with the pandemic, everybody was just very excited on board to have you there. Mm-hmm. And just the palpable energy was, it was, was quite impressive. It was quite amazing. So. Yeah, to me, it feels like, and I don't know, you might agree or disagree, but when you're walking on board an Oasis class ship, it's almost like you're walking into a, a mall in the city. Absolutely. I mean, you walk into that side gangway mm-hmm. and they kind of put you in, I think we're next to Sorrento's and you open up and it's just, you know, at first you don't see anything and then you just, it opens up yeah. and absolutely you're like, wow, this is incredible. You know, you see the sky above you, but you see the shops, you see the three-story atrium and it goes along as some of the ships I've been on. I mean, it's, it's incredible. And it, it does feel like that mall, but it, it feels like a, uh, hard to explain, but it, it feels like a mall, but kind of a, an entertainment experience. It's just quite amazing. Absolutely. Now, what kind of stateroom did you book for this seven night cruise and what did you think of it? So we booked a uh, Ocean View balcony. Originally, we actually had uh, a better room booked. I think it was uh, a ultra spacious Ocean View cabin. Uh, But again, with the pandemic, we had to kind of lift and shift and move stuff around. And when we rebooked, uh, all that was really available in the Ketter, what we were looking for was uh, on deck eight, uh, Ocean View on uh, Central Park deck. Uh, It was a great room, good, uh, well-spaced, well-designed. I know on the newer ships, the design's a little bit different in terms of the decor and the look of the room. But compared to Carnival, I thought it was actually quite uh, well laid out. I thought the closets, while a little bit smaller, were better designed. Um, there are lots of nooks and crannies. So it was, it was quite nice, and it was, it was well kept. So definitely no complaints. Very nice. Let's talk about dining, and we'll start at the buffet area on Royal Caribbean. It's called the Windjammer. How was the buffet experience in this startup environment? So we did a couple lunches at the Windjammer. That's about it. Most of the time we did other restaurants. But the times we were there, um, they are obviously serving you on Royal Caribbean. But we thought it was fine. They were really good at, at giving you plenty of portions. The food was uh, something we saw as a trend throughout, not just the Windjammer, but it was hot. Food was always hot and fresh. It was quite remarkable, actually. But it was, it was good. They had good variety on the buffet. I thought the quality, in my opinion, was a step up above Carnival. Again, that's my only basis of reference because I've been on lots of Carnival cruises. Uh, but I thought it was good selection. Quality was really good. Um, they did have a lot of social distancing, so... You know, there were times even with the reduced capacity on board, you know, seating was, it could be a challenge at the peak times, but no more so than you would have on a normal cruise. Just, again, there was less tables, and they were very strict about those tables. You could not sit at those tables. You couldn't move stuff around, but it was quite good. It was, it was nice, and I know this uh, Oasis was remodeled. Um, and the, the buffet layout was really quite efficient. Yeah, it's been a kind of a, a mixed bag on startup here as far as like how much of each buffet was open. What, would you say the whole entire buffet was open or a lot of ships only have 50 percent right now? The days we were there, it initially would open about halfway up and about 20 to 30 minutes into lunch. It was kind of weird. They would open up the full buffet. But when we were there, the full buffet was open on both sides. Okay. And actually, it was kind of interesting because they would have you come in on one side because the way they're doing the in and outs now because of COVID, mm-hmm. you didn't really realize that the other side was fully open. And I realized that the first day I was there, I was going through and I don't want to wait to the burger line to get some burgers and hot dogs. And I'm like, well, I wonder if they did open the other side. And I walked around and there was nobody there. They just opened it. So ah. good trick is if you think there are some lines at those moments, go to the other side because people just don't know it's open yet. 
Did you find out how many people were on board? Like, were they sailing at 50%, 60% capacity? I didn't get a consistent answer. I've heard between 2,400 and 2,600 on okay. the sailing. But, you, but that is a, a point that I will emphasize wholly is the crowds were unbelievable. That, mm-hmm. that was remarkable. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice sailing at startup, especially with these reduced capacities, just uh, kind of can come and go as you please without any of the lines, which is an awesome thing. Let's talk about the uh, main dining room experience. So what time dining did you have and how was your experience throughout the cruise? So again, because we have our six-year-old daughter, we were uh, only allowed to do a fixed dining time. We got 530. And on the way, the Oasis is arranged is that if you're vaccinated and you don't have anyone in your party that's unvaxxed, you can do, you can do my time. Um, but we had, again, fixed dining at 530. The dining room was fantastic. We had intended to go actually more specialty dining and try them out on the ship, but because the wait staff was so eager to please, and as I mentioned before, food was piping hot and fresh every time we had it, we really didn't have much of a need to go outside of the dining room, outside of one night, uh, and have dinner elsewhere. We were really quite pleased with the, uh, the experience. I think, again, the food, compared to my experience on Carnival, I think it was a slight step up. Um, it was really quite nice. And one thing I didn't even realize uh, coming from Carnival, again, my, my experience was that the tables had the linens on them again. <laughs> right. And they, were, they, they, they would clean them off like they used to do on, in the older days on Carnival some of the lines. That was a nice uh, detail that I totally forgot. I kind of enjoyed it. It was nice to have that again. You mentioned that you did dine outside of the main dining room one night. Where was that and how was that experience? We ate at Giovanni's table, uh, my wife and I. That was a wonderful experience. You know, we're, we're kind of big on Italian. My wife is a vegetarian, so the other options for some of the more upscale dining weren't really kind of uh, suited to her, but Giovanni's was fantastic. The portions were great. Service was outstanding. The taste was very good. And again, a theme I've seen throughout the cruise was it came out fresh and hot, which I can't say I've ever had that on a cruise where everything was consistently fresh and hot all the time. It just, it really was very good. Giovanni's table, since you're comparing these things to Carnival, did you, have you ever dined at on, um, in like Cucina del Capitano on yep. Carnival? Yeah, uh, on the, uh, our last sale on the Vista, we actually Cucina twice. Okay. Um, I would say that Giovanni's is it's a step up. You know, Cucina is more to me like a maybe a macaroni grill, Buca di Beppo, mm-hmm. a little bit nicer olive garden type. You know, it's good. But it's more a comfort style Italian. And I saw Giovanni's is more of a if you're more of a, a, a more sophisticated palate. I think a little more refined, a little more upscale, uh, kind of a step up. Gotcha. I was walking, speaking of Carnival Vista, I was doing interviews to, on guests walking out of Cucina back on 2016 when I was sailing Vista in the Med. And I was like, so how was your experience in Cucina? And the guy goes, I don't know, man. I mean, it was no Olive Garden. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> it's just funny how he's comparing it to a, to a landside venue. But anyways, so uh, you mentioned you walked on board and the Sorrento's pizza was right there. Any, uh, any pizza through the voyage? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a number of times. In fact, my six-year-old daughter kind of came routine at about 10, 10, 30 every night. She uh, decided she really, really wanted to go to Sorrento's and get a couple slices of pizza. So we had that pretty much every night. It's kind of the, the father-daughter bonding time, sitting there and just kind of watching the, the people on the promenade. I thought it was actually quite good. I'm a, I'm a fan of thin crust pizza, and I wouldn't say it was you know, coming out of New York for a couple of days. Didn't really compare, but it was perfectly sufficient and good for you know cruise ship pizza. And again, my relative point is Carnival, because I've been on that quite a bit. I'd say they were comparable. I, I, I enjoyed the pizza. It was quite good. Yeah, I want to go back a couple of moments here because uh, the one change that was different, uh, or is different, I guess, is last time you sailed, the mustard drill was a lot different. How was your experience this time? Oh, I hope, I hope it never goes back to the old way. This, that is probably <laughs> one of the biggest improvements that from talking to officers and staff on board, this is going to be a permanent thing. And that was 
you know, every dreads embarkation day muster drill in the old way. You get lined up on deck, mm-hmm. hot, it's muggy, ship starts to move, and you're missing out on the fun. All they do is you watch your video. You can watch it before you even get on the ship, watch it on your phone. You, you listen to the drill, and then you go and you find your muster station. They check off that you were there, and you walk away. It took two minutes. It was fantastic. It was convenient, and it didn't interrupt the fun. It was a huge improvement. And speaking of the fun, how was the entertainment on this seven-night cruise? Outstanding. You know, one of the things we feared going on to this cruise during the pandemic was, uh, you know, looking at the early reports of the, you know, the, the cruise compass and the activities, you know, maybe it's a little, looked a little thin and you're thinking, ah, you know, maybe we're not going to have as much to do like on a normal cruise. You got an endless trivia and shopping shows and extravaganzas. It was endless all day. There was trivia. There was plenty of activities to do at night. So we watched the Aqua 80 show, utterly fantastic. One of the best shows I've ever seen on, a, on any ship or even land. Uh, we saw the headliner, a couple of uh, headliners they had on the ship. They had uh, the ice skating show. Uh, it was plenty of activity. In fact, by the end, we were pretty much showed out. We, we couldn't do any more shows. We were, we were so so uh, entertained. And from my understanding, they've actually are going to bring even more shows back on here in the next few months. So it's plenty of entertainment. Yeah. And for those shows like the ice skating or the shows in the theater, were there reservations required? Yes and no. So there were, to be honest, the vaccinated shows had plenty of seating available. Uh, because what happens is they have two showings, you know, well, they have multiple showings throughout the cruise. And because I had a six-year-old who wanted to see the Aqua show and who wanted to see the ice show, they had specialized sailings for those. Those I do recommend people get reservations for if you've got young children or people, you know, in that group that are not vaccinated, because there is a lot of social distancing they put in place in these, in these rooms, you know, every other row is blocked, the first two rows are blocked and a lot of spacing. So those showings we did reserve and those were pretty full, but the unvaccinated shows, which were the bulk of the shows, there, there was a lot of seating, and because of the reduced capacity, you pretty much could walk into the last minute and find some seats. Okay. So recommend it, but I don't think it was necessary. Gotcha. How was this ship on sea days? Of course, you're on one of the largest cruise ships in the world, and you have a couple of sea days going from uh, the Northeast down to the Florida and the Bahamas area. So how were those sea days as far as sailing at 50%? I'm sure not as much crowds and congestion, but, you know, your overall lay of the land. So we had, well, basically three and a half sea days, you know, one and a half down and then two back. Um, I have no reference to the oasis of the seas, uh, but I can tell you that the deck space is unbelievable. Uh, there was, there were no crowds anywhere. Um, we were able to find chairs even, you know, at 1231 o'clock after lunch, anywhere on the deck. Sure. You still have some issues with social distancing and they space the chairs out and they are very particular about you not moving those chairs. So they, they will tell you not to move chairs, but there was plenty of room, lots to do. My daughter loved the splash park. Um, the, you know, my, my oldest uh, loved the, the, the water slides on the ship. Those were great fun. I got to go on a couple of times. We swam in the pools. Uh, a couple of things to note, I see a lot of this coming up on like Cruise Critic. You know, people are concerned about the pool capacity. They do restrict capacity in the pools. Oasis has three large pools on the main deck. So they got the main, the beach, and I think the sports pool. The smaller pools, they restrict to nine at a time, and they will keep you out if there's nine in the pool. They'll tell you to wait. Um, the larger pool is 14, and that pool is pretty big. Between those three, you generally could find a pool to swim in without much of a problem. So, Okay. Did anyone do the, the flow rider on your sailing? Oh, none of us were quite brave enough. I was being <laughs> egged on, but I did not uh, challenge. We did watch a number of people compete, and there were some great surfboarders on them that did a great job. It was fun to watch them, and they, you know, that was enjoyable. No, we did not do that ourselves. How about ziplining? My oldest was going to, but unfortunately, the day we decided to do it was the last sea day, and we actually ran into some pretty bad weather in the last day, and they shut everything down. Gotcha. Uh, but we did watch people doing it, and uh, again, no wait. You can walk right up and, and go on it, and that's, that's a theme I, I, I will repeat happened often. There was no waits for anything. Any shows right there in the back? I forgot what that theater is called, where the, the high dive shows happen. 
Yeah, the Aqua Theater. So yeah, mm-hmm. they had Aqua 80s. And again, that was, I, we, I saw that one twice. <laughs> nice. um, I normally am not really big on cruise ship entertainment. Again, coming from Carnival, I'm not really kind of a big headliner show, you know, singer and dancer. Like, you know, I grew up in Vegas, coming from Reno. I can see that stuff all the time. Not really been a big fan, but I, you know, one of the first things I made sure to do was go to the Aqua 80 show, get signed up for it and go to it. Mm-hmm. It was phenomenal. Nice. One of the best shows I have ever seen on land or at sea. Again, I grew up in Vegas. I've seen some great shows. It is up there with Cirque du Soleil level of entertainment. It is phenomenal. Do not miss that show. It was great. Let's talk about the ports of call you went to on this seven-night cruise. Of course, it was Florida and the Bahamas. So we'll hit Florida first. Where'd you go in Florida, and how was it? So in Florida, just quickly got off, uh, and uh, I think it was fish slips right there. We weren't there very long. We were only there mm-hmm. from about 2 to 8 o'clock. Um, I had originally planned on actually doing NASA that day, but because we got in so late, NASA was closing at 5 o'clock. There just wasn't enough time to go there. Just got off really quickly, said we were there. I think Fish Lips is the restaurant right there. You can kind of get there. Interesting about Florida and shore excursions in general is if you have any unvaccinated in your party, like a child, they will not normally let you get off the ship without a Royal, a Royal Caribbean excursion. Uh, Florida, though, because they have different laws regarding masking and, and rules regarding COVID, they actually had no issue with them getting off the ship. We didn't, my, all, my youngest did not get off, but there was no restrictions in Florida. It was kind of nice. Yeah. So uh, that's really what we did there. Just quick on and off. Yeah, for sure. And uh, let's see. And um, now you said you were a little late getting to the port. Was that was that a scheduled um, late afternoon arrival and departure or did you hit some weather coming down? No, I don't quite know why the time was. There. It's always been scheduled. It was originally, I think, two to ten mm-hmm. or I think one to nine. I, I can't remember two years ago when they originally the itinerary. But after the first sailing they did when they came back, they actually altered the time slightly. So I'm not sure if keep in mind, I think they also left slightly later from New York than they used to do. So I think the combination, I think because they're adding more time for embarkation, I think the combination, the, the distance and the, the later departure time, they've had to adjust that arrival time in Florida. And it looks like they're mostly using it now as a technical stop. Because when we were there, they actually were bunkering. So I don't really think it's meant for much more than kind of a quick, we're here and we're going to get out of here. So Yeah, you know, and it also could be, too, where they don't want their passengers going into Disney and Universal with 50,000 other people, you know, with no restrictions. I- I would not be surprised mm. by that. Again, I think most of what we talked to did, you know, that we also got off. They mostly went to the restaurant or right. as far as I can tell, most people didn't even get off the ship that day. So, so you make your way over to Perfect Day at Coco Key. How was your day there? And, and, you know, I don't know if you've ever been to Carnival's Half Moon before, but how would you compare? So one of the reasons, again, I also booked this cruise was Coco Key. Um, I really wanted to give Royal its best attempt at showing me what they have to offer. And Coco Key was an absolute winner. I don't have a lot of comparisons. Uh, we actually, on the Vista inaugural cruise that we, we uh, went on a few years back, we attempted to go to Amber Cove, but weather actually prevented us. So I was never able to visit their private island, and I actually have not been to Half Moon Key. So I don't mm-hmm. have a lot of perspective regarding other islands, but I can tell you right now that I'm willing to book a cruise just to go back to Coco Cay. It was nice. one of the best days I've ever had at any port I've ever been to. You say one of the best days. What made it so special for you? Well, again, I'm a little biased because there were no crowds, so... There were no crowds, and we were probably one of only 100 people in the thrill park. So the only hindrance to us going on slides was the stairs. You know, getting to the top of the <laughs> stairs, being out of breath, just give us a minute because the minute you get up there, you could go again. There was no waiting. But aside from that, uh, my, you know, my wife and my youngest actually stayed by the pool. I went with my parents. They stayed by the pool. The layout of the island is fantastic. It could easily handle two full ships. It might get busy, but it can easily handle the crowds. It's just very well-maintained. Lots to do. The food is great. The service is fantastic. The pool is wonderful and it's warm. And the thrill park was amazing. So it's just a great island all around. I couldn't ask for a better day. 
it was fun. I'd book a cruise just to go there. Yeah, and out of the big three, this is the only island in the Bahamas that actually has a pier where you can dock. How was the food on the island itself? Uh, again, your, your typical barbecue buffet-style food, but there was a lot of variety. There were nice pre-made salads. Again, I can't, you know, some of the, my opinion of all this may be skewed because of COVID in terms of the, I don't know what it was before versus now, but there were lots of salads pre, you know, pre-packaged nicely. You could tell what they were. You know, my wife was a big fan of those because she's a vegetarian, so it was an easy choice for her. They had grilled up burgers, hot dogs, chicken, corn, anything you could not, you couldn't go hungry on the island. There's so much good food and a lot, and it was all, you know, all, all included unless you go to, I think it was the chill beach or one of the the private beaches that they have available, but there's plenty of food, plenty of places to go, lots of snacks, funnel cakes, you name it. They had it. My kids were happy. I was happy. I couldn't ask for more. I have an oddball question. So in the water park and on the water slides, is that actually fresh water or salt water? It's fresh. Fresh. Okay. Uh, yeah. The Oasis Lagoon pool is all fresh water. Everything's fresh water as far as I can tell okay. on the water slides, the wave pool, the, the adventure park. It's all fresh water on the uh, island. And your next stop was Nassau, Bahamas. How was your day there? That was a good day. So before uh, the cruise, we originally were just not going to get off in NASA again because I've got a younger child who uh, it makes us basically an unvaccinated group. There's a lot more restrictions placed on us. However, we figured we were in, in the Bahamas. We were really feeling comfortable with the precautions we've been reading about. So we booked uh, the C&C tour, which was kind of on the, the, the semi-submersible submarine and the city tour. Um, that, that was a great day. It was uh, beautiful weather. We took that. We got to see some nice fish. We got to see a nice tour of the city which is actually kind of nice to do now because there are no crowds. So it was really kind of easy to see all the sites in NASA. Uh, the only downside I will tell everybody is that NASA definitely seems like they were hit pretty bad by the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of things are shut down. I think like Senior Frogs comes up a lot. I see, I think they were closed. There are a lot of places that people are used to going are definitely closed. So definitely a different vibe in the city, but it was a great experience and definitely uh, a nice, we've never been there before. So it was nice to at least give it a quick uh, tour and sightsee. And then after Nassau, actually, when you were walking around Nassau, did they have to? Uh, did you have to wear your masks in the street? Well, we actually were not able to walk around separately just because, again, I oh, have that's my. That's right. Um, okay, so you were considered an unvaccinated. Child, so you're required to kind of stay in their bubble tour. However, we did the option when we got back to go back out without her. Mm-hmm. But while we were walking, around, we did see people out in the city on the streets without masks. But they were very adamant that once you go into a building, if you're in a crowd, you absolutely need to wear it. And they were really quite strict about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, there weren't any crowds, so it was really hard to get a good feel of how, yeah. you know, how many people really were following that policy. So, And you leave Bahamas in, or Nassau, and you make your way back up to Bayonne. You said you had a little bit of weather going back up there. I mean, was it a, was it a rock and rolling kind of weather or just some, some winds coming across the bow? So the entire week, the weather couldn't have been better until the last day. So all week, it was you know, upper 80s, low 90s, crystal clear, sunny. We were expecting rain part of the week, never had it. But on Saturday, there was, I guess, a, a pretty decent storm rolling up the East Coast. Um, we were, the, the captain came out and multiple times outlining they were trying to kind of be between the, you know, front to the north and then weather to the south. So we were kind of stuck between them. So it was rain. It was a little bit cooler. Uh, it was rocky, but I got to say that ship, until the last day, you wouldn't even know when you're on a ship until that last day. Yeah. Um, and even then, the waves were, I think there were probably 8, 10, 12-foot swells, pretty decent swells out there, and lots of wind. You know, they shut down the upper decks. But you you really couldn't tell maybe now and then, but it was pretty smooth. So yeah, in 2011, I sailed on Allure of the season. We skirted a tropical storm out in the Gulf of Mexico and it was the same way. Like there was uh, like 15 foot seas out there and you couldn't even tell you were on a ship because it, it had either the stabilizers were just that good or the captain was that good or whatever. Everything outside was closed, even the outside decks, but there was no rock and rolling at all. 
Yeah, no, it was it was amazingly smooth. And, you know, what's even more remarkable is once they shut everything down, kind of the last half sea day, again, even on the inside of that ship, it never felt yeah. that crowded. Again, I'm going to chalk that up to the, you know, the reduced capacity, but those ships are designed for people. And you can see that clear as day sure. on this ship that even if they doubled capacity, you'd still have a great time. You make your way back to the New York City metro area. You dock at Bayonne. Uh, how was your disembarkation process? Oh, incredibly smooth. I think the smoothest debark we've ever had. Um, we, no, we, in the last few cruises, we've done self-debark to get off and necessarily get to the airport. And in fact, I was worried about scheduling a flight at 1230 out of Newark Airport. And we were group, I think, 40 or 50. So pretty far down the list. We were off the ship by 830 that morning. There was no crowds, which is different than they used to do where they have you go get breakfast and maybe have you kind of wait in certain places. And they're mm-hmm. not doing that anymore. They make you wait in your stateroom. You go have your okay. breakfast, get back to your room, check the TV. You go down when your number's called on the TV. It, we went to the breakfast in the Central Park Cafe at, I think it was 7.45. They were on group one. By the time we got back to our room at, at 8.20, they were already calling our group 41 or 42. I and mean, they were already calling it moving. And there was no line at all to get off. We had our bags and an Uber by about, I think, 8.45. We were at the airport by about 9.15. So. Did you fly out of Newark or one of the New York, uh, New yeah. York ones? Yep. Yeah, we are, yeah, we are to Newark. Gotcha. All right. Well, looking back on the seven-night cruise, any first-time tips you'd like to offer? For Royal, uh, well, a little tip that we learned is the soda package is interesting. They give you these tumblers um, that, you, that you get with the soda package, but we're, out, we're able to buy multiple tumblers, and they didn't really question that. So we're not quite sure how that works with the soda package. They never even checked for our, our IDs. So what I suggest to people is if you, you know, if you really want to get the soda package, we recommend get the package, but buy more tumblers, Yeah, you know, spread it to the family. But at the end of the day, the biggest suggestion after the Oasis is kind of plan what the ship has to have, has to offer and, and try to knock out as many as you can, but plan a second cruise because you're not going to get it done. That's, that's what I tell people. Let me ask you this because you're from the Vegas area and you know, casinos and cigarette smoke. Uh, so how was the smoke situation on the ship? To that point, I come from Nevada, so I'm kind of it's kind of the natural smell of where I live. Uh, it, you know, it, they have two sides of the casino. They have a smoking side and a non-smoking side. The non-smoking side, you could still smell it, but it really wasn't bad. But yeah, the smoking side, not really much better than I've seen in the other ship. It was pretty noticeable. It's pretty strong. So if you're sensitive to that, I definitely recommend you try to find the other side of the ship mm-hmm. where there seems to be better filtration and it seems to be a little bit uh, better on the smell. So gotcha. Well, looking back, what was the biggest highlight of this cruise for you? Getting to try Royal Caribbean. Again, I, I've, I've only sailed uh, Carnival for the last 15 years. I think we've got eight or nine Carnival under our belt. And it, the experience of trying Royal, in fact, we enjoyed the, the experience so much that we're actively trying to book a couple more cruises on Royal Caribbean to get that experience. You know, we're trying to go on the West Coast with the Navigator of the Seas. Um, we're thinking uh, the wonder of the seas. We, we, we had such a good experience. We'd really love to go and try Royal again. And we actually do think that Royal is a... While we love Carnival, we think Royal is a slight step up just in the overall package over Carnival. Uh, but we'll book any cruise any day, but we definitely enjoyed Royal. I was going to ask, are you done with Carnival now? Oh, no, no. My daughter is screaming and yelling at me every day to book the Mardi Gras. And <laughs> I, I, gotcha. you know, I absolutely will do it. However, I think the Oasis has spoiled us. Yeah. You know, the little touches they do. I mentioned that, you know, when I was talking about the dining, you know, they still have the tablecloths and they actually scrape the crumbs off the table like they used to do in Carnival 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And while that's not a, it doesn't make your cruise... Those little details really made it feel a little more elevated, right? I didn't, you know, it, it's like going to a kind of a high-end resort versus kind of the, your, you know, regular, you know, Marriott down the street. You know, there's just some things that people do just to make you feel like you're on vacation. You're, you're, you're extra special. We're take extra good care of you. And those touches were there that we just never really experienced in Carnival. Love Carnival. 
but they just seem to be there in Royal and we're definitely going to go back. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, like with the little touches. Like when I was on Disney a couple of weeks ago, they had a, in my stateroom, the steward would come in and I have wires everywhere because I have like cameras, iPads, my iPhone, my watch. He actually had um, Velcro cord organizers and each one was uh, nicely wound with a Velcro cord organizer around each cord. I thought it was like, this is a nice touch you have never seen before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's little touches and... Uh, uh, again, well, I mean, I'm, I'm almost platinum a carnival and we'll definitely book more carnival, but, uh, you know, there are definitely pros and cons to both lines. They're more similar than not. I know that common, mm-hmm. a common conversation we'll have, you know, on cruise critic and in the forums, you know, different places is, you know, Hey, you know, I've never been on Royal. What's, you know, how's it compared to carnival? And at the end of the day, they're very similar. I mean, 90% of the time you can tell a difference, but there are definitely touches and there's things I like better about carnival. And there's definitely things I like better about Royal on this experience. Now we need to go on a cruise during non COVID times. And really get an honest comparison about everything. You know, the service might have been top notch now because they only had a third of the people to serve, but they're they're fully staffed. So we don't know. But the touches we did see, I think those definitely make the difference. Yeah, they may be competitors, but one thing they don't compete on, and any cruise on executive will tell you this, is the safety of the guest and crew. So there's some common ground there at least. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, they the pro- I will say I will speak to the protocols and that's a concern a lot of people have. We had no issues with the protocols on board. You know, masking was few and far between in terms of, you know, there's a lot of venues where they were, you didn't need it if you're fully vaccinated, which uh, everyone over 12 has to be on the ship. So lots of places to go. Uh, my daughter, who is six, you know, we were worried that she was going to have a subpar experience because, you know, the restrictions they place on under 12 not being vaccinated really was not an issue. The kids club on Royal Caribbean, I think unlike Carnival right now, is actually open because of the low number of kids. There was no requirement to schedule time like you've heard before. She was able to go whenever she wanted when it was open, and she had a fantastic time. She's eager to go back on a cruise. We were able to get some nice adult you know, parent time. It was a great experience. And frankly, my, you know, my bottom line is if you can go on a cruise right now and you want to go on a cruise and you feel safe going on a cruise, you're not going to find a better vacation right now. I mean, we've been to Vegas, stayed there for a week, and I can tell you right now, we were petrified of coming back from there because who knows what's going to happen. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know, but we, but we didn't get, you know, to be honest, we, you know, we normally travel. You, I'm sure you've experienced during travel, you know, pre COVID, we go every vacation, big cruise we take, we'd always come back with that travel crud, you know, sniffle, sneeze, uh, just the, the malaise. Well, because of the masking, I think because of the social distance, I think the hand washing, just the general hygiene improvements that people are making on travel, none of us have gotten sick. Yeah. Which is really amazing. We had no sniffles, no sneezes. We're back 100% within a couple of days. It was great. So nice. definitely a, a positive on that. So if you can go, go now. When closing, Mark, what's your final thoughts of Oasis of the Seas? Uh, she's amazing. Amazing ship. Uh, Royal is a great cruise line. So if you've never gone on Royal and maybe cruised Carnival other lines, absolutely give it a try. Um, I think we've spoiled ourselves a little bit by starting on the Oasis class. And now we're looking at some other lines. Now we don't really know if other ships can compare. But we're going to find out. Uh, it's amazing. Recommend it. Go, go, go. All right. Very good. We've been talking with Mark about his seven night cruise on Royal Caribbean's Oasis of the Seas, his first time on Royal Caribbean. He went down to the Bahamas. Mark, thank you so much for sharing this review and welcome home, my friend. Thank you. It's uh, my pleasure. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. 
How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. All right, Dougie, let's see what we got for you, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Get cruise news, ship reviews, and money-saving tips every Thursday on Cruise Radio. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show. If you want to help spread the word, give Cruise Radio a five-star review. Find Cruise Radio where you listen to your favorite podcast or online at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.